Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. Since it is Mother's Day, I figured it'd probably be good to take a break from Revelation. I tell you what, it's been uh, quite a ride, and we are past the doom and gloom part of Revelation, so I encourage you, if you're interested in that stuff, hang on, because it gets really good next week. But today we're going to be talking about one of God's greatest gifts, and that's the gift of women. You see, God did not create women as an afterthought, but as the final piece of his creation. And so today we celebrate all women and all that God has created them to be. Now, you would think, guys don't think, well, I'm just going to check out for this sermon since nothing real, this really applies to me, but I am sure it does. But I would like to welcome everyone this morning as we worship God together on this Mother's Day. On May 12th of 1907, a woman named Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia held a memorial service for her late mother's at her church in Grafton, West Virginia. And she did this to promote friendship and health among the women there. But within five years, virtually every state was observing this day. And in 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday. That is why bankers get the day off and mail workers and county landfill people. I don't know why I said that. I just realized it when we took our trash this weekend. But uh, stick to the notes, James. As the years progressed, it broadened its emphasis to include grandmothers, aunts, and to any woman that plays a motherly role in people's life. And ironically, Anna Jarvis, the lady that started these meetings, in her later years spent all of her efforts trying to abolish and to remove the holiday due to the fact the way it commercialized the selling of flowers and chocolates and diamonds and more. But as they say, you can't put that genie back into the bottle. So here we are on Mother's Day of 2021. Some are celebrating the mothers and women God has placed in their lives, while others are remembering or grieving those that they have lost. I know there are some in here, this will be their first Mother's Day, or maybe second Mother's Day without their mother. And I'd like to say it gets easier, but uh, you still feel the weight of it, don't you? Some of you have lost your mother many years ago, but still on days like today, it becomes fresh. Some Some women are not feeling worthy enough to be honored today. I have news for you, my friends. You all are worthy of honor because you were created by God. And please excuse my English, but God don't make no junk. So with that said, let's jump into our scripture this morning. First, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, where it says, Woman was the final piece of his creation. Woman was the final piece of his creation, God's creation. It says in verse 18, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man, or to Adam, to see what he could call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave name to all the livestock, 
all the birds of the sky, and all the animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. I'm sure the dodo bird probably has an issue with what Adam named it. But uh, that, what a daunting task to name every animal created. But he did it. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep in verse 21. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. <coughs> Excuse me. And then it says with exclamation point, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called, whoa, man. He liked what he saw. So that's where we get one. I don't know if that's how it happened, but said she will be called woman and she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. There's a few things about this passage. Number one, God did not create Eve from dust. Everything else he created from dust and breathed his life, his spirit into it to live. But not Eve. In verse 21, we see God created a living woman from a living man. He was not created as a separate being from the ground. God used Adam's rib to Eve to form Eve to show that they were created from one human life, filled with God's same spirit. Adam and Eve were two halves of a whole. You see, God created a woman as a helper to Adam. God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So we see in that statement, first of all, God is good. The gifts that we have, the women that God has placed in your life have have been for your good. Have you treated them as such? Are you treated? Do you view yourselves as good as God claims that you are? God's plan is not for people to be alone. God gives us family, friends, mentors, and encouragers. Everyone at some point has had a woman to help them. I don't want you, when you read this and you think about it, you think, well, if I don't have a, a spouse, if I don't have a girlfriend, if I don't have some type of love interest and I'm not a complete person, that's not what he's saying. He is saying, look, I have created a woman. It could be mother, aunt, friend, whatever it may be. But I've created women to complete the race, to complete my creation. And woman was created to be a suitable helper for Adam. And what did they have to do? I, I tell Couples that I talk with all the time about, and I've probably told you a million times, this will be a million and one, about tending the garden. You see, Adam was given the task to tend the garden. And he knew, God knew that Adam needed help. Probably needed somebody to tell him how to do it. So he created woman. Not from dust. Not from some other algae that's in a pond but actually from his body, from his side, not from a foot bone so that he could 
Lord over her, not over a head so he could rule over her, but from his side to where they could be side by side. And as Adam was given this task to tend the garden, the woman was created to perfectly complement him to do that. I often tell couples, especially the man that's in a relationship, and I would tell anybody here that is in a relationship with wife, girlfriend, or or some type of love interest, or uh, some of you younger guys, when you do meet the one, I want you to understand something. Man, you're in the driver's seat. It's your responsibility. God created you first. God gave you the commandment to tend the garden. And with that, your wife is in that garden. She didn't get created to do your work for you. She got created for you to help nurture her as well. The two becoming one. And so what I tell the men in the relationship, I'll say, look, I want you to go home and I want you to sit in your favorite chair and I want you to sit down, bow your head, close your eyes and just do nothing for about 10 seconds. Just let the the darkness of your eyes being closed just sink in. And then on the count of 10, raise your head up and look around. Do a whole 180 or stand up and do a 360. And I want to tell you, men, that is your garden. That is what God has given you to tend. Some of you have children. You have jobs. You have homes. You have family members. You have extended family members. These are the people that God has given you to tend and to to look over. And that's what... God created it to be as. Eve was made to complete Adam. Eve was not his slave. They were partners. Adam took the lead. However, Eve was part of the garden and he was to tend to her needs as well. Look, I'm not dumb enough to know that that some of you have been married and, and either your spouse has maybe passed on or maybe it didn't work out for you and there there were extenuating circumstances, but it, it may not be right now that that you are married or it may not be. It doesn't mean that you are any less of a person. Some of you are remarried and that's great. And that means that this is your garden today. What, whenever you wake up and, and when you lift your heads up and you look around, that is what God has given you to tend. That means men, you take the point. That makes women, you don't sit back and just go into neutral. That means some of you women that are single, you got to do both. But that does mean that God is going to give you the strength to do it because he is good. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Because he is good and he has made you to do that. The second thing, women complete us. Women complete us. In verses 23 through 24. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Look, a woman is not half complete without a man, yet she does complete him. The meaning here literally means helper, not an assistant, 
not a servant, not a slave, not a subordinate. Women were created by God to complement men as an integral part of man and as a powerful and influential companion for man. Woman was created to be beside man, not to rule over or to be ruled by him. In God's eyes, a man is no more worthy and a woman is no less worthy of God's love and inheritance. Look, there are a lot of people that look at marriage roles, and and this is not primary about marriage this morning, but the truth of the matter is some people will be reading this saying, huh, who does he think he is? I'm not going to have any woman, I mean, any man tell me what to do. Some of you men say, I'm not going to have a woman tell me what to do. Look, in the way God designed it, if you have two people that are trying to lead, you will. You ever heard the term too many chiefs and not enough Indians? Can we say that nowadays? I'm not sure. But the truth of the matter is, is that even when you're dancing with someone, somebody has to lead and somebody has to follow. Look, I'll go ahead and tell you that, that uh, the worst, if I were to say, Tell me your idea of what people think the American woman needs to be. Years ago, for my generation and those that are older, they would probably say uh, June Cleaver, the beaver's mother. You know, she was a woman that, that always had the kids bathed and ready for dad when he came home, slippers at the door, the pipe, the newspaper, sit down. And some of you women were like, you better move on, preacher. Well, look, I'm not saying that that's what it needs to be. But what I'm saying is, is that there are some households where the woman, uh, was the, the old song, fries the bacon, fries it, uh, takes the bacon, fries it up in a pan and, and all that kind of, and do all of that kind of stuff. And that's okay, but there's got to be a partnership. There's got to be an understanding that, that men is not, this is your life and woman, this is your life. It is, we are in this together. This is our garden and we tend it together. If it rises, it's our blessing. If it falls, it is our need. You're in this together and you're made to complement one another. And I think sometimes, and, and I'm speaking only for myself, it's very easy for us guys to take advantage, or not even advantage, maybe advantage, but grant, take for granted the women in our lives. Do I wish I would have made one more visit to see my mom? Absolutely. Are there things that I've told Donna before in the ways I've treated her that I'm proud of? Absolutely not. And I'm not perfect. But I'll tell you what. When God shows me where I've gone wrong, I attempt to correct it. Don't just assume those beautiful women in your life are just there to be seen. They are God's blessings in your life. And for you to have a mother either on this earth or used to be on this earth, you are a blessed person. And mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, y'all got the best thing in the world. Y'all get to spoil the kids. And you're making a difference when you do it. So on this Mother's Day, we recognize God's gift of women. Mothers, daughters, sisters, grandmothers, and those who have had children, those who have not. Those who have been married and those who have not been married. Your worth is not defined by your ability to be married. Your worth is not defined on whether you have children or not. 
It does not matter about the number of jobs and titles you have at your church. You are worthy because God made you worthy and He called you good. And women, you are at the top of that creation. He said, look, I've got one more thing to make it perfect. I love a good chocolate cake, a good birthday cake, and after the icing is on it, you would think it would be over. But when they put the sprinkles on it, woo, it comes to life. Ladies are the sprinkles in the cake of life, amen. But dear ladies, your value, your value comes from the hands of your creator God who loves you. He created you to complement and make stronger all those who are around you. And if you think about the women in your life, think about how they have given you strength, how they give you strength. Men, we should continually remember the gift God made in Eve. Women completing men does not mean you must be married to feel complete. It does mean that God has placed women in your life, like moms, sisters, aunts, grandmothers, friends, or co-workers, to help you. You and I should thank God every day for our mothers, our wives, and our grandmothers, etc. And don't stop there. There's been friends and teachers, and public service. There have, been men, women, there have been women in my life that have meant more to me that they are not blood-related. But golly, they have formed me, and raised me, and corrected me, and blessed me all through the life. So whether you have had children, biologically, or through adoption, or through foster care, or you've never had a child in the world, but yet you give all of your love to all of them you meet. God has created you that way, and God has blessed you in that way. But I want you to understand this. God never created woman to be less than man, rather the finishing touch. God never created woman to be less than man, rather the finishing touch. My goal is is that when these women walk out of this service today, you're going to feel 100 foot tall. Because that's the way God has made you, and that's what he intends. So, dear friends, you place your value and self in the worth of those you love. When relationships get strained, you will feel like you have lost your value, which is a lie from Satan. He wants you to believe. When you worship God alone, your value is based on his love for you, not someone else's love for you. And when we let God place value in our lives, we will bless those around us from that overflow. One other passage I want us to look at this morning is in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13, where we see God uses women to model his love to others. God uses women to model his love to others. So in verse 6, it says, Meanwhile, Jesus was at Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, or some translations say reclining, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume, and poured it over his head. We know from the Gospel of Luke that this was Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. So this woman knew him. And she took this beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. The disciples now, Jesus' followers, were so upset that this woman took this 
beautiful incense and, and put over him and anointed his head, which we know ultimately was a symbol of his coming sacrifice. And they said, what a waste. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. I don't know if you know it, but the the nard or the, the perfume that she poured over Jesus was about the equivalent of a year's wages. So it was costly. And then Jesus says, but Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. The woman's sacrifice of an alabaster jar was costly, and it was even misunderstood even by the disciples. But what others called a waste, Jesus called a good or a beautiful thing. What Jesus called a waste, I mean, excuse me, what the people called a waste, Jesus called a good thing. Her sacrifice was done out of love and respect for Jesus. And it was used to advance the gospel of Jesus. Of all the people there that day, of all the people that were in that room, of the critics, when they left that room, she was the one that smelled like Jesus, not the others. Because of her sacrifice, And because of her love. And God uses women. The reason that we can be here today is because women have sacrificed and poured into our lives. How far down the road do we have to look to think about what our mothers did for us? What, What females in our lives, whether they be extended family or friends or mentors or teachers or first responders or... Uh, police officers or military, women, and all of those that have done so many things for us. Women are gifts, so we must treat them as such. And so if we believe that women are gifts, and we should treat them as such, we need to remember that they are not the object of our affections to be used. That means that we should reject pornography. That means that we should get upset over human trafficking where teenage and underage girls are are taken away and kidnapped to never be seen again, to be used by people sexually. And we just turn our eyes to that? We won't turn our eyes to that if that happens to our daughter, a girl in our church, a boy in our church. Women are not slaves or to be looked down as less than. Women have and will always serve God in many ways. For example, God used a teenage Jewish girl named Mary to bring Jesus into this world. God used Rahab, a prostitute, to protect and ensure the bloodline of Jesus Christ. God used Queen Esther to save his chosen people. The first witnesses to bear the news and to see the risen Jesus were women. And God continues to use women in our lives to share his love with others. So, are you here today looking for meaning? Have you looked at God in the wrong light, apart from the Bible? Or have you been treated? Or have you been treated by or treated others in sinful ways? 
Do you want to make sure that you are honoring women in the way God has designed for us to? And do your shortfalls and your sins stand in the need of forgiveness? Men, we will be judged by the way we treat the women around us. And women, you will be judged by the way you help and treat the men around you. That's what the institution of marriage does. And if you're not married or you're remarried, I had uh, one friend of mine, he's a very dear friend, and he was concerned that he was uh, remarried and he thought that, uh, you know, God might not approve of him. And he went to see one of our uh, staff ministers at the church I was at. And he said the staff minister told him something very profound, and I love it. He said, look, when you break an egg, God wants you to make the best omelet you can. So what we see here is that as we close our service today, we honor our mothers. We love our mothers and we love the women in our life. But we do that because they are a gift from God. Women, again, I hope you walk out of here feeling 10 feet tall. But if there's someone in here today that has a burden, that feels their sin is weighing them down, that wants to know for sure that they are a believer. Maybe there's someone here that says, you know what, I have not been treating the women in my life the best that I should. If, there, if you want to come down front and pray, or you want to talk to me afterwards or offline, that's fine. But listen to God's heart today. Look at the beautiful gift he's given us in the women around us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our service this morning. And Lord, I thank you for the wonderful women that you have given to us in our lives. But Lord, with all of these scriptures showing us the high priority that they, they have been given, sometimes we fall short in honoring that. So if there's someone here today that does not know you as their Savior and Lord or wants to know the value that you bring and that you've given them because you created them, if there's someone that wants to be forgiven of their sins today and to walk out of here new and fresh, or if there's someone here today that they want to recommit their lives, their marriages, their relationships to you, may today be the day for them to respond. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand?